This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Thursday, July 16th, 2020 edition of Invest Talk. And as always, the markets are interesting. The world is interesting right now. And we had our first big tech earnings announcement after the bell today, and that was Netflix. And they're down about roughly 10% or so on the news. And I think that's an interesting uh, start, right? We're starting earnings season. There's been a lot of optimism around the reopening and around stimulus packages, but there's also still a lot of uncertainty. I talked, I believe it was Monday on how dispersed the earnings estimates are compared to normal, right? And what that means is the market is is operating in a murky environment, understandably. And so as earnings come in, that's going to really, I think, impact the, the market more than usual because there's more surprises around the corner, right? The, the dispersion of analyst estimates are so wide that you never know what the market is actually pricing in, as opposed to when they are more narrow, the market kind of knows what to expect. So that's going to be uh, very interesting. And then guidance. What are they seeing? What are these companies seeing with the reopening, with stimulus packages, with what the back half of the year in the business community is going to look like? Now, we had the PPP loans. A lot of companies, especially large companies, got it because they had the best relationships with the banks. And that's the earnings you're going to hear about are those large companies that were able to access that, those PPP loans. And then the market is likely to also react to what comes out of Washington. The extended unemployment benefits expire at the end of this month, and there's, they're going to extend them into some degree. It's just a matter of how much. Is it still going to be $600 a week? Is it going to be less? Is it going to be tied to something else? Are there going to be incentives to go back to work? That's what they're talking about. So all of this is up in the air. And that's why I think you're going to see fireworks one way or the other between now and the end of the month. And speaking of Washington and stimulus, you know we're only 110 days away from the election? Pretty crazy. It's going to come up quick. I believe we're, what, a month away from the Democratic convention and about five, six weeks away from the Republican convention. So how those go off will be interesting. We still don't have a Biden VP pick. That's going to be interesting. And... What's more interesting to me about the election than who wins the presidency is, is there a split, right? 
does Trump win and you maintain a split in Congress and therefore it's easy, easier to pass infrastructure spending and all the things that a Trump presidency, continued presidency would bring? Or does Biden win and the Democrats sweep the House and the Senate? And suddenly the Democrats control spending and they're going to spend in a different way. Maybe more, maybe less than what Trump would. Or do you get a Biden win, but a split Congress like you have now to where there's more pushback on the fiscal spending side. So all of this is going to be very, very important to understand what the next phase of the economy will be, right? We're in this phase where we're just kind of holding on. But we know that, like I talked about yesterday, politicians now have control of money creation and fiscal policy. And they know that the Fed is there to monetize all the debt. So how does that filter into the economy? What's the size of the infrastructure packages or stimulus packages? All this will be very important. So the split between presidency and Congress will be, I think, the most important aspect to really pay attention to going into the election. Now, I'm Justin Klein, and here on Invest Talk and at my company, KP Financial, we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. So that's why we are here each and every weekday for you is to help give you unbiased answers to your finance and investment questions. You want strategies to deal with the volatility that is inevitably going to come. Right? We, we know that we're in this volatile environment. We're entering the 2020s, which we know both politically and economically will be in a volatile environment. So how do you navigate it? That's what we are here to help you do. So I'm ready for your calls. You can give us a call at 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Now with all of the, the risks around traveling, uh, a lot of businesses shut down, hotels shut down, uh, we have moved to all digital uh, communication with clients and, and non-clients. Uh, listeners, and if you want to set up a portfolio review, no obligation, no cost, you can do that over at investtalk.com. Now, my main focus point today concerns the question, should you lower your retirement saving contributions and use the money to pay off debt? Something a lot of people ask, especially in times like this, when maybe the economic downdraft has affected you. Maybe you haven't lost your jobs, maybe your hours have been cut, or you know your bonuses are going to be less. Or maybe you did lose your job. How should you adjust your retirement savings accordingly? So we'll give you some perspective there as well. Also, there's a new ruling from the Ninth Circuit Court in late June that is going to impact tech stocks. How? Why? And is the market paying attention? Also, restaurant industry. 
How many will go bankrupt without direct help? This is coming from the Independent Restaurant Coalition. They want help. We're going to touch on that as well. And then lastly, if we have time, what do you do with an inheritance? Talk about that too. Let's check on the market today. We had a modest down day. Nothing uh, too crazy. The S&P was down about 11 points. You had the uh, the Dow down 135 points, and the NASDAQ was down 76 points. So you're seeing a continued weakness in the growth stocks versus the value stocks. And that I'm continuing to watch. Is this just a pullback and a larger downtrend? Or, sorry, larger uptrend, excuse me. Or is it the start of a downtrend and something to continue to watch? Now you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and the summer is well underway. We're over halfway through the month of July. And you need to be prepared for the market swings that are likely to continue for some time. So let's talk about it. Your participation is an important part of the mix. We're taking your calls live at 888-99-CHART. It's been another Investor Thursday, and we've all seen the market move up, down, and all around. It's called volatility, and you'll have investment and finance questions for Steve and Justin. They welcome your calls now. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Justin. This is Ray. I'm calling about Walgreens, and I picked up some uh, about a couple of weeks ago because I figured out this is uh, way in the bottom of the chart. I want to know, what do you think about this? Thank you. Bye. All right. Looking at Walgreens Boots Alliance, WBA is the symbol. And this has been in a long-term downtrend here. But it is at some pretty big support here, around $40 a share. And so overall, I think the risk-reward is pretty solid. Even though their business has been deteriorating, their, their earnings are down 19%, are going to be down 19% this year. Uh, revenues have stayed relatively fat, flat. It yields 4.5%. Let me check out its sustainability. Cash dividend pay ratio is 38%. That looks fine to me. My biggest issue here is profitability. Profitability historically has been pretty good, but it's pretty low right now. If they can just return to where they were before, I think they'll be fine. They do. They have added a lot of debt. Uh, I believe they. Uh, it was the Walgreens Boots Alliance, the, uh, the, the, the merger that created a, a decent amount of debt. Um, but I like it. I like it overall. Uh, and my favorite name in space, but I, I like the overall picture here. And if you think value stocks will start to outperform, this is the type of name that will. 888 chart 888 is how you get through and ask your question on today's show. And I urge you to call in sooner rather than later. Let's touch on how you should treat your retirement savings plan during this time. Now, obviously, you need to prioritize your bills first. I would say that. Now, you can take steps to lower the bills, change your cable uh, packages, do things to reduce your electric bill, etc. But beyond that, you need to really find a way to allocate 
your scarce resources appropriately, especially in times like this. Now, if you regularly contribute to a 401k or an IRA, obviously you could lower that amount to pay down debts, hopefully. I do think you should do that in good times or bad. If you have high yielding credit cards, credit card debt, you know, you're paying 20%, you should probably look to be paying that down, especially if you're only contributing to an IRA, especially if you don't get employee match. That should be your first priority is the highest yielding debt. Now, if you're not sure if your job is going to be as secure, another reason to pay debts that you may be worried about, maybe not be able to pay if you lose your job. Now, the biggest problem here, though, is that if you start doing that, paying down debts, you're paying down whatever type of debt, a credit card, car loans, etc., is that you don't go back to contributing to your retirement accounts and you see maybe those credit card limits maybe go up or there's just more limit there, right? You're paying down that credit card debt. If you pay it down, but then you're just going to go out and spend, then you're just working backwards. Now, banks are making it a little harder for people to get credit cards and consumer loans. So that's crimping budgets overall. But when you're trying to prioritize your accounts in times like this, you want to make sure that any changes to your contributions in or your retirement contributions are going to be reversed at some point. Have a plan. Don't just do it willy-nilly. Say it's six months, a year, two years, whatever it is. Make sure you go back to contributing because that's the number one way that you can achieve your own version of financial freedom. Now, this is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. And you've been listening to Invest Talk for a while. You've heard me say that I believe every investor should determine their own individual risk tolerance. We have a free risk tolerance questionnaire over at investtalk.com. It's the Riskalyze Risk Questionnaire. Take it and you'll be able to understand what type of investor you are. And now I'm ready to take your questions at 888 chart This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener. You may even have called a few times. But if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Um, I'm Carter. I'm a 20-year-old from uh, Minnesota. I'm just kind of wondering with the upcoming election, if there's any uh, you know, stocks or even sectors that would actually flourish if Biden was elected. I've heard a lot of things about if a you know, Democrat is in office that we could see a push for, you know, more kind of like, you know, renewable energy, faster internet. I was wondering if there's any renewable energy companies you suggest, or if there's any, uh, you know, sectors, again, or stocks that you would see maybe a bull market in. Uh, Thank you for what you guys do, and I hope you guys can answer my question. All right. Yeah, well, please refer to the top of the show on that, on that it's not just about 
whether Biden wins or Trump wins. It's about Congress as well, because they work together to pass a budget and uh, pass legislation. Now, if Biden does win, it, it would be probably good for green energy. But once again, how much green energy depends on whether the Democrats sweep or there's a split. I do think there will be infrastructure spending when it comes to high-speed internet, especially in today's world, where if people are forced to work from home or students are forced to learn from home, a lot of low-income families may not have high-speed internet so that these kids can learn from home. So I certainly think that is an area of concern. And I do think even if Biden wins, there will be infrastructure, your your standard infrastructure, bridges, roads, because we do need infrastructure modernization in this country. The electric grid, I think that's an area that needs modernization as well. And And there's plenty of suppliers we actually own one for clients where their main business is to sell products that modernize the grid to utility companies so if there's some sort of bill where utility companies are incentivized to modernize their systems or municipalities those are businesses there there are businesses that will benefit from that as well so Yes, there are plenty of industries, and how the election settles out will be very, very important to see which industries do the best. 8899 chart, 8992-4278. I want to highlight a very interesting topic that is not really being discussed, and it's in relation to a lot of tech companies, and it's a ruling by the Supreme Court. And they just ruled on it uh, a few weeks ago. And it it was involving a company called Altera, which is a chip maker. It's now owned by Intel. But they tried to challenge a ruling, which changed tax regulation, to define how companies can split costs of their foreign unit. Now, almost all tech companies have entities outside the country, usually domiciled in lower tax areas of the world. And what they've, what they typically do is they split those costs between uh, usually salaries, stock-based compensation with their onshore entity, right? Their main company. And this has allowed them to avoid a lot of income tax. Allow them to kind of eat, have their cake and eat it too. And so, right, because if you sell software, for example, where exactly is that software sold? And this is a law that has helped a lot of these tech companies avoid big, big tax bills. And There are a few companies that have reported this and acknowledged this change, and Facebook's one of them, actually. They paid about $5.18 billion in 
income tax last year, and about $1.6 billion was related to this. So they've actually front-loaded the cost. They expected this to fail and that they were going to need to pay the taxes. And so they ended up paying it anyway. And that actually doubled their tax rate from 12.8% in 2018 to, 2000, uh, to 25.5% in 2019. Now, there are certain companies that have acknowledged this. Um, Alphabet, for example, Electronic Arts, Gilead Sciences, TripAdvisor, Twitter. But there are some that have not. Cirrus Logic, Dropbox, eBay, Intel, Twilio, Zynga. So there's, those are, are all companies that could possibly have material impacts to their tax base, which means profits. And they're going to need to write big checks to the IRS to account for not just last year's, but going back many years to where this tax rule has allowed them to avoid some taxes and lower their overall tax bill. So that'll be very interesting to see how, now that we're entering earnings season, how that will impact guidance going forward as well as earnings that are reported because they're going to need to look backwards and start to change the way that they account for expenses. Now, the next Invest Talk, a story about a new research claim. Pandemics typically lead to receding inflation. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally. First with words, then phrases, then sentences. 
It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. You are listening to Invest Talk. It's Thursday, and there's no doubt that the COVID-19 pandemic has caused financial disruptions around the world. But you've got an asset portfolio to protect and grow. So you've got finance and investment questions. Justin Klein is here, and he's taking your calls live. 888-99-CHART. Hello, Steve and Justin. This is Danielle in Austin, Texas. First of all, a big fan of the show. I'm thinking about taking a position on BOTZ. It's a ATF for artificial intelligence and robotic. I'm thinking about investing a little bit every week, taking a position every week, and um, just want to know if you think CDIs think it's a good idea. Thank you for everything you're doing. Bye. All right, I was looking at BOTZ. This is a name or an ETF that has been around since about 2016, so it's you know it has some some length to it, but it is very growth focused. Obviously, high tech companies. Uh, Nvidia is the third largest holding. Intuitive Surgical, the fourth. Uh, the top holding is ABB, which is actually a European company. So pretty broad industrial names here, and. I like it longer term. Uh, in the near term, it's definitely overbought. It's had a uh, uh, the fact that growth stocks have had a resurgence here since uh, the bottom in the markets has certainly made all, most of this these stocks in this uh, ETF expensive, and thus the ETF expensive. So it went from fifteen all the way to t- about twenty five today uh, from the low. So. I think it's definitely overbought, needs to come back in. And But if you are looking to gain access to space, you don't want to do the deep research on which companies uh, are probably going to do the best long-term. You just want broad exposure. This is not a bad way to do it. Uh, expense ratio is 0.68%. It's a little high for an ETF, right? Where you're just, you're just getting an ETF. You're not getting anything else. Um, but overall, uh, I kind of like it, but wait for a bigger pullback. Let's go to Anna in Fremont looking at Amgen. Uh, hi, Justin. Thanks for taking my call. Um, no problem. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I want to buy uh, Amgen. Uh, so what do you think about this stock and uh, and what would be the uh, fair uh, price to enter? Well, in my book, Amgen is a little bit overvalued here, uh, but technically it is very strong. And it's in a space that I, I like, the, the biotech space. Uh, there's going to be a lot of investment here. I think this is the start of a, a, a lot of government spending on 
research and development in the medical space, not just for COVID, but future potential pandemics. Uh, you have an aging baby population, and there's just a, a lot of money that's going to flow into this environment. And Amgen historically has a very strong business and a very strong profit margin and and uh, profitability and cash flows. So I like what you're looking at. They've had a little bit of setback here over the last few years, uh, but I really like their business. So it's a little overvalued right now, but the chart is strong. Uh, and so if if you think you're you're going to get a pullback in the near term, I don't see it. I think uh, I think I would just buy it here if you're just buying it for the long term, even though it's maybe slightly overvalued. Thanks for the call, Anna. 888.99 chart, 888.992-4278. That's how you get through and ask your question on today's show. We have about 20 minutes left. Let's touch on some restaurants and, and the restaurant industry as a whole. What's interesting is that only 8% of the PPP program, PPP loans, went to hotel and the restaurant industry. How crazy is that? Only eight. That's the rest. That's the those are the industries that were impacted far more than almost any industry. I would say cruise lines, which you know most of those companies are domiciled overseas. Airlines, which they got their own kind of separate bailout. So the fact that only eight percent went to this industry is pretty crazy. And the fixed costs of running. A restaurant haven't really changed, right? Still pay the rent. Still pay insurance. Yeah, maybe a few less workers. But the demand for dining out obviously has has dropped. So the Independent Restaurant Coalition has been pushing for a $120 billion relief fund for restaurants. And it's so far, it's called the Restaurant Act, bipartisan. And what they're actually saying is that without help, 85% of independent restaurants will close. 85. And for the foreseeable future, until we get a vaccine, I don't think anybody is going, I don't say anybody. Most people will feel less than how safe they felt before COVID going to a restaurant, right? You still feel some worry. You're still out in public. And that's just the reality. So until we get a, a vaccine, which hey, we may never get one. There's recent studies about antibodies that the antibodies for COVID last four to six weeks, and then you're no longer immune. So even if you get it, you can still get it again. And so the restaurant industry needs more help. And I think they're going to get it but it will struggle for some time. And that's why we're staying away from the restaurant stocks. I think there's too much risk there. A lot of them still have a lot of debt and high, high fixed costs that aren't coming down, at least in the short term. Let's go to David and Tiburon. Let's talk about determining a stock value. Yes, I wanted to uh, see if you could tell me, how do you determine the value of a stock? Well, you're asking the age-old question that will never have a perfect answer. Right? There are a lot of different ways to value a stock. 
you could value a stock in the same way that you value any asset, which is a discounted cash flow. So you look at projected cash flows going into the future, and you discount those till today. And you can use earnings, you can use actual free cash flow, you can use dividends, dividend discount model. So there's a lot of different models out there. But what you have to understand about valuations is that the discount rate on all of these models matters more than almost anything. That is why growth stocks are getting bid up, right? It's because the discount rate today with treasury yields at, what do we at now? 0.6%. It means you're only discounting all those cash flows 0.6% per year. Next to nothing. So if you have a growth name, 10 years from now, the expectations of the cash flows will be dramatically higher. Whereas grocer or something, it's probably going to go up with inflation generally or habits for eating in and out, which obviously are changing. But that's why a lot of these tech stocks are trading at massive, massive valuations because the expectation is in the future, their profits and cash flows will be way higher than they are today. And you're discounting all of that till today at only 0.6% per year. That's how those that's how these tech stocks get to such large multiples on today's earnings. Now the caveat always is what happens if they don't reach those lofty valuation or those lofty growth goals? Market's pricing in too optimistic of a scenario. So determining a stock value is The holy grail of investing. Nobody ever knows exactly stock's value. You could use ratio analysis. You can say, okay, other stocks in the industry are trading at this valuation times revenue, times earnings, times cash flows. And you could assume, and that's what a lot of analysts do, right? Analysts will say, I think earnings are going to be X next year. All these other companies are tr- in the industry are trading at similar valuations, and so that's my price target. That's where most analysts get their price target. Thanks for the call, David. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. And even though we're in the middle of a pandemic, you cannot let your retirement objectives control you. You need to take steps now to optimize your portfolio, especially because of the recent volatility. So I encourage you to reach out to myself or Steve Peasley at our KPP financial offices in Irvine, California. We want to help you. Whether you're a conservative investor or moderate, if you're young and aggressive, we have investment strategies designed to achieve your particular goals of financial freedom while managing the risk. So to get started with a no-cost portfolio review, please call or send a message through investtalk.com. And I'm here, ready to provide unbiased answers to your finance and investment questions at 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. We have good news. Steve and Justin have recorded an all-new Rapid Fire Hour. It's a free podcast download, and you'll hear answers to 30 caller questions. You still get unbiased answers, but the show moves along at a faster pace. 
You can find it now for free at investtalk.com, iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Search Invest Talk June Bonus Show. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls. The Anytime Listener line is open, 888-99-CHART. Let's go to Nick and Hayward. Let's talk about Netflix. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I understand it's going to go down tomorrow, maybe as much as $50 or who knows how much. Would you recommend buying a few shares or you can't buy too many well, at this price? Well, a lot depends on what you think is going to happen with the, the growth stocks, the tech stocks. Are, are we going to continue to see margin or multiple expansion? Excuse me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Netflix if came out with... continue a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Well, if you think that these tech companies are going to stay at these elevated valuations, then Netflix will probably rebound relatively quickly. But if you think that there will be multiple contraction, possibly due to inflation, then I think Netflix will continue, will come down. Now, they're trading right now at about 18 times EBITDA, which is moderately expensive. So I'm not a fan of Netflix at these prices. I think it's too expensive. I don't like their debt profile. I don't like their cash flow profile even though now they're actually cash flow positive because they can't go spend money on content. So I would, I would need to come down to sub $400 a share for me to even think about buying it. And honestly, I wouldn't buy it till sub 300. Thanks for the call. Let's keep things moving. Here comes another listener question from 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin. This is Brennan from Madison, Wisconsin. Um, Colin asking about the ticker symbol ETSY. Etsy. Uh, I want to get your opinion on a good buy point. Thanks again. Love the show. All right. Looking at Etsy, they provide online and offline services which enable people to buy and sell handmade goods via Etsy.com. Now, revenue continues to go up uh, about 35% clip the last couple of quarters, but earnings are down three quarters in a row. Last quarter, earnings were down 50 and the quarter before that was down 22%. So that's not even a COVID thing. This was pre-COVID earnings were down year over year, 22%. Price has gone up dramatically here. Let me take a look at this chart. It looks like it's starting to roll over. Broke its 20-day moving average yesterday. And let me look at the valuation. Talking about a $12 billion value. Pretty much no net debt on its balance sheet. That's good. Enterprise value to EBITDA is 85. Very, very high multiple here. Uh, P is 167. Even based on next year's earnings, you're still talking about uh, P in the 80s. So to me, this needs to come down dramatically. Back March, a pretty good value when it was at $30 a share. The great value. At 103, not so much. So until this gets sub 50, I probably wouldn't touch it. And once again, it's all about will this growth name, despite its poor earnings profile, continue to get margin expansion? Are we at the end of that? No, sorry, not margin. I keep saying margin. Multiple expansion. Are we at the end of that? Or is this the start of a retrenchment because 
of higher inflation. Now, Adobe Analytics is reporting that online spending since March 1st was $77 billion higher than expected. E-commerce spending was $72 billion in one month alone. And online spending, which was trending higher than during the holiday shopping period between November and December, totaled $368 billion for the first six months of 2020. What's also interesting is that online grocery pricing has climbed 4.2% over the past six months. Talk about inflation. There's a rise in prices for clothing and electronics as well. Online apparel was up 2.7 month over month and 4.3% year over year in June. The prices for computers are up 6.2% since March. And so inflation is driving up these sales as well. And if you, the inflation has driven digital purchasing power into negative territory for the first time ever. So typically, the cost of online shopping was going down. It's now up year over year in the month of June. Now, the next Invest Talk, a story about a new research claim. Pandemics typically lead to receding inflation. Could this be right? The theory put forth is that pandemics traumatize the population. They are determined to save rather than spend. That story tomorrow. But for now, I'm Justin Klein. Give me a call at 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. As we move through the hot months of July and August, you might want to be sure that your investment portfolio is balanced. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein can provide unbiased advice, but you've got to call with your questions. Invest Talk. 888 chart. Let's go to Jay and Fremont looking at Pfizer. Hey, Steve. Uh, uh, hey, Justin. I'm looking for buying Pfizer. I uh, want to know if it is a good price right now. Okay. Thank you. All right. Well, Pfizer is about a $200 billion market cap company, 4.3% dividend yield. And they've been struggling with profitability here over the past few quarters. Last four quarters, revenue has been down every quarter. And last three quarters, earnings have been down every quarter. Earnings expect to drop 12% this year. Companies like this, they probably have a patent cliff. I'm not familiar with Pfizer's patent cliff at the moment, uh, but I would really need to understand how much of their business is rolling off from a patent perspective and, and what is their pipeline. Uh, and that's a lot of these big drug companies is what that looks like. And from a cash flow perspective, I do think it's relatively undervalued. You're, you're talking about operating earnings yield of 6.7%, enterprise value to EBITDA is uh, a little less than 10, which isn't too bad. Pay ratio is 51%, cash dividend pay ratio is 70%. So the dividend looks pretty safe. And, you know, they have a decent amount of debt, but plenty, plenty, to, plenty of earnings to cover that. Times interest earned at 13 times. That's uh, plenty over the five that we like to see at the bare minimum. So uh, Pfizer is near some or was near some support right around 32. I think it could get back there. So if it gets back to around 32, that's when I would think about picking up Pfizer. 
Now, I think we can squeeze in one more caller question. This one came from Salt Lake City, Utah, and it came in on 888.99 chart. Hey, guys. Yeah, this is Dick from Salt Lake City. I just had a question about Capital One Financial. The question is more about the share structure. They've got a bunch of Series B, Series D, and, and so forth, preferred stock shares. They have some depository shares for the preferred stock. I just wonder if you guys could kind of explain those a little further. I'm a little confused on how those trade and just interested uh, on your guys' take on that. Some of them pay, you know, 5%, 6% and, you know, expire at different time periods. So I just kind of, I've been looking into those, trying to figure out those more. So hope you can help. Thanks. Yeah, you're basically looking at preferred shares and most companies that have preferred shares, not every company has issued preferred shares, most have different series, which means basically they were issued at different times and they pay different yields, they have different structures, they have different call, they have different features, shall we say. And so you need to research what those features are. It could be a call feature, it could be a put. There's a lot, they're, they're, they can be complex. Right? These are fixed income securities. They're not just your straight common equity. So really you have to understand what type of yield you're getting, what type of risks that you could be subject to. And for me, I don't love preferred shares. So what you have to understand about preferreds is that's all you're getting. You're getting that yield. They have very long duration risk, meaning if interest rates rise, they tend to go down, right? Because that yield is pretty static. There could be mechanisms for them to go up. But overall, I'm not a big fan of preferred shares. No, you're not getting the upside of the business. And you're not the first protected in the downside of the business, right? Bankruptcy. That's bondholders. So you're kind of in the middle here. Safer than common, but not as safe as debt. But you're still getting that fixed amount and you don't have the upside of the business doing really, really well. Just don't love preferred shares. But you need to research, if you're going to buy them, which series makes sense for you. I'm Justin Klein. Please another Invest Talk program will return tomorrow. Steve is away on a short vacation. In the meantime, please remember to download our June Rapid Fire Hour bonus podcast. It is free. You can get it right now. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. And please tell your friends about our podcast and our website. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-1111.
1-800-242-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART. 